Claire, thanks very much for joining us. You've recently published a, a report looking at real estate reset. Just give us some of the highlights of that. Yeah, the report really focuses on ESG. And I think that's something that's very much on the news agenda at the moment, particularly for real estate, because I think there's an acknowledgement that the built environment is a major contributor to climate change. And we're all thinking about how we can be better within our own business at CMS. We've made a commitment to be net zero by 2025. So we thought it would be interesting to see what the sector was doing and how this impacted on our clients. Also, we started to do our survey in March, April, just as we were going into lockdown. And it became very apparent quickly that we were entering a, a different world, one where perhaps we thought more about community and social value. And the, the social in ESG is often overlooked or misunderstood. So we wanted to delve a little bit more into what that meant and how that had been impacted by the pandemic. And in terms of some of the, the kind of drivers for, for ESG, um, what did you pick up from the report? Well, I mentioned the built environment and the obvious challenges for real estate. But it's quite interesting to look at the different people that we surveyed to sort of answer this question. We surveyed over 500 global institutional investors, over 250 senior real estate professionals and 1,500 senior occupiers from SMEs to multinational companies. And it was very clear that it's the global institutional investors really driving this. When asked about the importance of sustainable buildings, it was very important for 77% of institutional investors. Yet for real estate professionals, only 32% said it was important. We also did some interviews and a really interesting interview with the head of ESG at Aberdeen Standard, who actually said he can vote down a transaction at investment committee stage if it doesn't meet their ESG criteria. So very clear that the institutional investors are going to insist on this. And for the real estate sector, it's still a journey. Over a quarter of our real estate professionals acknowledged that the sector needed to do better when it comes to environmental performance, sustainability and diversity. Very interesting that um, the research for this was done during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, did it give you any kind of information about, I guess, how the industry was, was thinking about itself, the overall mood? We asked our professionals about the short-term outlook for UK real estate and 42% of them were pessimistic. But actually, I didn't think that was too bad, given that we were in the midst of a lockdown. If we compare it, it was only 10% up on last year. And if we go back to the survey we did immediately after the Brexit vote, 62% were pessimistic then. So I think that's a sign that things could be worse and hopefully the market is still feeling pretty resilient. It was also quite interesting to look at the different asset classes where there were some obvious winners and losers. We've been talking about logistics for a while now, Richard, and it was our most sought after asset class. 84% of investors found this attractive, but right at the other end of the scale, we had retail only attractive to 3% of real estate professionals, the lowest that we've ever surveyed. But given in the height of lockdown, 
the internet had virtually overtaken the high street when it came to retailing, it was no surprise that we're seeing those extremes of views. No, exactly. And that's what we've obviously been seeing as well in, in a lot of the news and, and the interviews. Um, did you get any feedback um, in terms of the research around the office sector? Because obviously that has been, um, you know, coming under the spotlight increasingly. Absolutely. And it is under the spotlight, but I think it's interesting to, to look back at the last couple of years. I think the pandemic is accelerating some changes and it's really bringing into focus challenges that we're facing. But we were already talking about the way that we work and use our offices. You may recall that three years we did a survey, Smart, Healthy, Agile, that really highlighted the pressure that the office sector was under because of the different ways that we're working. So I don't think this is new, but I think certainly the pandemic has accelerated it. But what it's actually done is reminded us all of what we like about being in the office, certainly having been able to spend some time in the office over the last couple of months. It reminds you that there's an energy and a buzz that you get from being with your colleagues that you simply don't get on Zoom or Teams. So perhaps far from being the death of the office that some people talk about, maybe the pandemic's reminding us what it is that we love most about the office. When we asked our occupiers, they favoured a blended approach. So that was some of the time in the office, some of the time at home. And that was felt to be best when it came to motivation and productivity. But interestingly, when it comes to human engagement and interaction with colleagues, nothing can beat being in the office. That's really interesting. Um, and in terms of, I suppose, the... Um, the report overall um were there any kind of things that that you found most most striking in terms of the, the the research and the response well we called the report real estate reset and offices and purpose beyond the pandemic and obviously we've talked about offices but purpose really stood out we've all talked about it in our personal lives but from a corporate point of view we asked our institutional investors whether they could articulate a corporate social purpose and 99% of them could, and 30% and also thought that those companies that could do this would increase their value by up to 30%. So I think the social is very much on the agenda now. And there were some really interesting interviews in the report from the likes of British Land and WeWork, giving some very real examples of what some of the companies out there are doing. The other thing that I just wanted to pick up as well is maybe the, the generational approach here. We asked our occupiers whether they would be prepared to take a pay cut to work in a sustainable building. And actually 61% of them said that they would. And when we broke that down by generation, it was more so with the under 40s. So I think we must remember how important this issue is when it comes to attracting and retaining new talent and that it's not an issue that's going away because it's so important to the younger generation. Very interesting. Um, always good to be able to access, I think, some of some of these views that are coming from the market and interesting that they reflect a lot of the things that we've been covering here as well. Yeah. Um, thanks very much for joining us, Claire. Thanks for having me. Thank you.